Welcome to the show. You're listening to the Hope Radio Podcast. Real stories, real people, real hope. My name is Sean Davis. I happen to be your humble host. And joining me as always, my co-host in life, my beautiful wife, her name is... Jess. Jen. And you're along with us as we keep this hope train and moving on down the tracks. Choo-choo! I love it. <laughs> I'm excited. We're back, Jennifer. We are back. It's been two or three weeks. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Back again. Back again. Tell a friend. Is that how it goes? Shady's back. Is that how it goes? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? We Guess are back. back. We're back in the saddle. We're back in the hope train. We're back being We're hawker. back in the saddle again. That's a song. Oh. I don't really know it, but I know it somewhat. Look at you go. I know a lot. Oh, no. I know a little about a lot. You know a little about a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Your your knowledge is vast. Yes. Yes. And some things very deep. Yes. What I'm very passionate about, I know a lot. And then if you're not passionate about it. I just know the cliff notes. <laughs> That's okay. I love it. I don't it. have time to know everything. I know. I don't well, want to know everything. I like to I like to learn. Yeah. That if you knew everything, there'd be no surprises. Oh my gosh. There'd be no mystery. And people would think I was Google and they'd ask me everything and I don't want to talk to all the people all the time. I know. Yeah. That doesn't sound fun. Hurts my head. Hurts your head. Hurts yes. my head to think about. See? Well, we're back in the saddle. We're, we're, we're being hawkers of hope. We're being originators of optimism. We're purveyors of positivity. We're engineers of encouragement. We took a two, three week break and now we're back in the saddle. I am not on a saddle. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. That'd be fun though. What? Yeehaw. What? You know, like, you know, like a leather saddle. Yeah. With like a horn on the front. That means you got to be in a horse. Not really. Do they they put saddles? Why don't they put saddles on cows? Well, you can try. Isn't that? <laughs> I don't know. That's like a bull, but you ride a bull. With yeah, but no. they don't. Why? Why? Because you just don't ride cows, I guess. I don't know. We need to go to Texas and find out. Yeah. Why couldn't Why couldn't you put a saddle on a cow? Just ride a cow around. You could put a saddle on anything. I just don't think cows like it. You can't like put a it. saddle on a dog. Yeah, you can. You can't put a saddle on a chipmunk. Those greyhounds, you can put a put saddle on. Put a saddle on a, on a bird. I dare you. Put a saddle on a snake. There, you can, an ostrich. An ostrich? You can ride an ostrich around. Would you want to? Yeah. Those things run fast. That would be so fun. That would not be fun. Yeah, you'd fall. and You could put a saddle on an alpaca. <laughs> yeah. You want to ride an alpaca. I do. You know, I, I want to ride a donkey. Because when we were in Mexico, I saw these donkeys. They don't go it. very fast. They just kind of... Do to do. They're kind of ornery. That'd be not very fun. So, what would be the funnest thing to ride? Um, an ostrich. No. Yeah. No. What? A bird, like an eagle. If you could. An ride ostrich one. is a bird. No, like one that flies. Oh. Ostriches don't fly. Have you ever seen an ostrich fly? No. You want to know what's better? What? A dragon, like Game of Thrones. I know. I like. Because then you can like push Khaleesi. a button and and shoot fire. You'd have to push a button to shoot the fire. Well, yeah. <laughs> I guess. I, I mean, in the movies, that's what they do. Well, I'm sure they push a button to make the flames come out. But like, if oh, you're, you're talking on about it, a, a real dragon? Yes. Is there such a thing? I don't know. But I, how crazy would that be if we had real dragons? <gasps> a Pegasus. Yeah. That would be fun and like, cute. No, seriously. Like if you could fly on something, mm -hmm. on the back of something, like a Pegasus. You know, yeah. let's say you had a that saddle and you're on the back of a horse and you could fly around. I'd be doing that all the time. Yeah, for sure. You know? Well, 
You know, like that movie. What movie? With the blue people. Which one? The Avatar? Yes. Yeah. They're little things they ride around. Yeah. Whatever happened to Avatar Part 2? COVID. I feel like that was like 20 years ago. I know. Well, I think they filmed it like four years ago. So here's the challenge. I think they filmed like three or four like episodes. They got everyone together and like big, you know, like let's do Mm -hmm. three or four movies out of it. They probably filmed for over a year. But they got like three movies out of it. But then COVID hit. No new movies are coming out. I was waiting for freaking COVID Top Gun. On, COVID only hit this year. I wanted to see Top Gun. I wanted to see 007, the man movies, the boy movies, the <sighs> yeah. Mm. Well, I don't know why they just can't push play and let's watch them. They're there. <laughs> I think it has a little something to do with money. Jennifer, well, why? They, don't, they don't want to lose out on revenue. Money is the root of all evil. Let's just let us watch the love movies. of money is the root of all evil. Well, then they must love money because <laughs> <laughs> they are evil. Uh, we got off on like 50 tangents here. All right. You ready for joke time? I'm ready for joke time. Well, let's tell some funnies. Okay. I'm ready. All right. You go first. You want me to go first? Yeah. Okay. Name someone who is never hungry during the whole Christmas. Name someone that's never hungry during the whole Christmas. I don't know. The turkey. It's stuffed. (laughs) (laughs) That was good. Yeah. What are we stuffing our turkey with? Uh, Stuffing. Okay. It's usually bread and celery and onions. We don't do that. What do you mean we don't do that? Like we, you're we the, haven't stuffed it in a long time. You were talking about cooking the turkey on a Traeger. Exactly. That's Whether why I, we haven't stuffed it. I don't know. We cooked it on the Traeger last year. No, we didn't. Yes, we did. Did we? Yes, we did. And it was a little raw. What? So we had problems. Well, we're not doing that again, I guess. No. All right. You ready for my joke? I'm ready for your joke. What do you call a couple of crows that stick together? Crow's feet. No, Velcros. Oh, Velcros. Yeah. That's cute. That like is that one? Cute. Yeah, I do that was like a good that one. one. Mm-hmm. All right, Jennifer, I've got a fascinating guest. We're going to talk to a fellow Hope dealer just like us. Ooh, yes. She doesn't have a podcast, but she's a dealer in hope. She's a hawker of hope. She's a purveyor of positivity. She's an originator of optimism. She is... Uh, I missed one. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we're going to talk to... She's all the things. She's all the things. We're going to talk to Hazel Ross. Okay. And she is the founder of True Hope Counseling. You can find her at truehopecounseling.net. Yeah. And uh, her son, John Sachs, was on the show, and that's how we are now meeting... I know her son. Hazel. And so we're going to have a fascinating conversation. He plays the saxophone. He does. That's why his last name is Sachs. Exactly. He wasn't born that way. <laughs> True. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to now talk to uh, his mom. Yeah. And we're going to get her on the line and we're going to talk about hope. So you ready? Yes, I am ready. Let's call her up. Let's get her on the line okay. right now. All right. It's my pleasure to welcome Hazel Ross to the Hope Radio Podcast. Hi, Hazel. How are you? I am great. How are you? We are living our best pandemic life right now. <laughs> we are out here in California. The good news is the sun is shining. We got we got uh, clear skies, fresh air. So, you know, you, you could start to complain, but who wants to listen to a whiner? So we're not going <laughs> to. Great. I'm not going to complain either. Well, uh, for the benefit of our listeners, tell us a little bit about yourself, Hazel. You know, where do you live? What do you do? Well, uh, I live in Cincinnati, Ohio, 
and um, I am married. Been married for forty-seven years. Wow! wow. Congratulations! Congratulations. Yeah. That is that is no yes. easy feat, yes. and that should be celebrated and recognized. Congratulations to yes. you! Yes, absolutely. His name is Charles, and um, we met in college, and uh, it's been a wonderful marriage. He's a terrific guy. And especially because he was on the Cincinnati Police Department for 30 years, and we survived that before he retired. <laughs> um, so his life, is, he's had some great stories to come home to share. And uh, I am so thankful because he's a Christian and had a great foundation and a relationship with the Lord before I met him, which made it easier for us to get along. Uh, we have two children. Uh, and one grandchild and one son-in-law. And uh, my dad, believe it or not, he's still living. He's 103 years old, and he lives with us. Oh, that is awesome. Wow. 103. I mean, I, you know what's so fascinating to me about you know hearing something like that is I go back and I'm like, Man, he was born like five years after we the, the very first flight of an airplane. I'm like, just <laughs> that's crazy. You know, what has he seen yeah. in his life? You know, we we used to talk to him all the time about things that he's gone through, the different heirs, the different presidents, and just the wisdom that he has. And he was born in Alabama, and we moved to Cincinnati when I was around five. But all the various jobs he had, he was a farmer, uh, he worked on the railroad, he did construction work, and my dad didn't retire until well in his 70s. Mm. And he is just an amazing man to talk to, and he's still very cognitively aware of what's going on. And he's just got a wealth of knowledge and just a breath of fresh air to still be able to you know, remember things that happened to him when he was little. It's it's amazing. You can't you can't live that much life and not learn a thing or two yeah. along the way. And that's what I love about older folks is just what they've been through, what they've seen, the contrast. You know, my own experience is the longer I live, the the hopefully the wiser I feel like I'm getting. But you know, the reality is is that uh, you know time teaches us all lessons, and so I think we uh, we. we we should sit down with, with folks like your father and, and have those interesting, in-depth conversations. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that there's there's a mm-hmm. lot of wisdom there. I agree with you. I think we're missing out on so much when we uh, ignore our senior citizens and not, you know, grow on the wisdom that they have to give us. Oh, I agree completely. So tell us a little bit about what you do, because I, I understand that you are a fellow hope dealer just like us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. I uh, was an elementary principal uh, for 30, year, uh, 30 years in education, and I was a principal for 21 years. And I retired a few years ago, and um, during that time of being a principal, I worked in Chapter 1 schools, which were low-income schools, and I saw the need of our kids and their parents and needing hope and needing someone to let them know that you love them and you cared for them beyond just the educational realm. So after I retired, uh, I heard a message from a minister one time who said, 
It's not over until it's over that God has something more in store for us to do. So I went back to school and I got certified in mental health counseling because I wanted to basically work with churches to let them know it's okay to go to counseling, to ask for help if you needed help. So I went back and got certified. So I uh, opened up a, um, I have a counseling service called True Hope Counseling Services. And with that, I have been working with various ministers um, to help them to help their, to educate their congregation about counseling, mental health services, and that there is hope. Don't give up. And to also help the ministers lighten their loads because they can't do it all. And that there are counselors out here who are faith believers and who are willing to take on and let people know that there's hope. And uh, you can don't have to be alone. And especially nowadays, uh, we need to let people know that there is hope. You know, so many people nowadays are giving up and our suicide rate, our youth, our adults, our seniors uh, need someone to talk to and to know there's counselors out there that's willing to take you on and let you know that. And, you know, I took the, the word hope and I made the little analogies of it. You know, the H stands for you expect something to happen. And the O stands for you have options and you have choices in life. And the P stands for there is a purpose for your life. And E stands for expectations. If you have hope, you have expectations. So not to give up. There's, um, there's so much beauty that God has given us in this world and that, you know, just the nature of itself. But I think so many of us are living in this world of, uh, I think the scientist calls it uh, parasympathetic and sympathetic state of mind, and everyone is in the sympathetic state of this fight or flight state, and no one knows how to get back to parasympathetic. And that's one of my goals is to help you get back to that calming side of life that God intended for us. Now, truth, we need both. We don't need to stay in sympathetic forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I love about what you, what you're doing is is that you are encouraging the encouragers. Yes. You know that your practice is is such that you're coming alongside leaders of churches and you know spiritual organizations, etc., to encourage them because you know like they're often in the situation where they're the ones taking the full weight of encouraging their congregation. And so sometimes, you know, like that, yeah. you know, if you think of your body or, or your energy like a like a battery, sometimes you get depleted so often because you're always giving, giving, giving that these folks, you know, sometimes need to be recharged yeah. themselves. And so, you know, here you are coming alongside them to encourage the encouragers. I love that. Yeah. You know, we all need encouragement, you know. And God was our greatest encourager. And to let others know, you know, you don't have to do it by yourself. He had disciples to help him. So, you know, I look at what you're doing as a ministry that's giving hope to let people know not to give up. And I look at the service that I'm trying to provide is to know that, you know, God is an awesome God. And if you just look around, you know, there is hope out there for all of us. Mm -hmm. 
And I just, I am just so excited about uh, this ministry that we, I started, and um, I'm so excited what God is going to do in the future and for now to let people know that, you know, you can see past your pain to a future. You, you know, you don't yeah. have to stay stuck. Yeah. And to look at life through a different perspective, you know? So here's a question for you. How did how did the idea of ministering to ministers or coming alongside pastors, you know, because you, you went from education, you're in the education field, you're a principal, et cetera. So how did, how did God plant that in your spirit? And, and what was your first kind of awareness that he wanted you to go in that direction? Because it seems kind of, you know, a hard left from what you were doing before. So like, how, <laughs> how did that come about? Uh, it was, I was I went to church one Sunday and I was visiting and I was talking to various ministers about what I was trying to do and I heard this minister tell someone to pray about it. And I was like, Wow, okay, that's good, but do they really know what you mean by that? Sometimes they need a little more help than just say pray about it. Because if you don't give people like ABC steps, you know, they don't understand. And also, are you sure that they actually have a relationship? And what can we do or what can I do to help them take those baby steps, to, even though they has nothing to do with their salvation? But what can I do to help them realize that, okay, let's, let's look at it from a different perspective. Let's say start this first and then do this and then do this and see if that makes a difference. And sometimes our ministers, from what I found out, that when they're going through seminary classes, they only take one class in counseling. And one class is not enough to meet all the needs of the people in your congregation. Because if you look at your congregation, you're looking at a little mini section of the world. Everything that's happening out in the world is happening there in your church. So how do you talk to someone that may be thinking about suicide? How do you talk to someone who's deeply depressed? How do you talk to someone that's going through grief or that has lost a loved one? And sometimes saying the wrong things to them is not going to make them feel any better. You know, and sometimes we as Christians say, oh, you know, they're in a better place. That's not what they want to hear at that particular time. Yeah, that's not necessarily so comforting like, to everyone, no, you know, depending on the circumstance. No. Absolutely. So it's just basically taking a softer line and letting God use you to say and help them develop the skills to help someone continue their walk and their journey. I, I think that that's awesome. I think that that's a that's a great way to uh, to look at it, and I think what you're doing is is phenomenal work. and And I'll say that Jen and I are both huge, huge advocates of counseling. You know, we've been the you know in our marriage, we've been the byproduct of counseling ourselves. You know, we went through two to three years worth of couples counseling, and then I myself went through almost seven years of individual counseling. And uh, I can't sing the praises of it enough. I think, you know, like when you're born, you're not given a rule book as to, okay, this is how Sean Davis is going to operate. This is how he thinks. This is how he functions. And this is when things go wrong. This is how he's going to deal with it, you know, or likewise, Jen or you. And so I think that sometimes, you, you, you know, you get to a point where you live enough life where you've 
either repeated mistakes or have not learned the lesson yet. And you, so you sit there and sometimes wonder why, why is that? And so I think counseling is one of those so underrated. I think that the, the public perception of, of counseling, I wish was different. I think most people perceive it as, as something, if you're going to a counselor, it's something negative, like there's something wrong with you. And I, and I, I wish it was like a prerequisite of school. I mean, I wish, I wish it was like, like mental health counseling was just part of, of everyday life, every bit as much as physicality, fitness, et cetera, because I, I just think it's so important. I agree with you wholeheartedly, and especially to the Christian community. Uh, a lot of them have negative uh, feelings about counseling because of maybe what they've seen on television or, you know, like they think maybe you're crazy or something like that. And, and then when you finally meet and you find the right counselor for you and realize that they're not looking at you or judging you or thinking you're crazy, but to help you walk through this journey together. I look at counseling as a best friend, someone that will say, hmm, are you sure that's what you want to do? Or have you thought about that? It's, it's, it's one of those loving relationships that you develop. And so I'm trying to take the, the negative stigma out of counseling and let them know that it's godly too. And that um, when you find the right one, you know, when you find the right counselor, uh, you will be surprised at the gains that you can make. Oh, I believe that. I believe that uh, 100%. So here's a different question for you that I was kicking around ever since we uh, yeah. kind of booked this interview. Um, you know, your your services are called True Hope Counseling. What is true hope to you? What does that mean? True hope to me is that I am going to tell you the truth in love. I will walk with you through the understandings of that and that I will be your friend and that we will walk with God's word as our backup and that through it all, you will come out of it with a better understanding of yourself and of where and what your purpose is in life. Oh, I love that. That's good. That's really, really good. And, um, you know, on the subject of hope, you know, I think that Jen and I are kind of feel the same way. Like if you lose hope, like if you feel like they're to me, hope is is the idea that, you know, tomorrow or the future, whether it's five minutes from now, 50 minutes or five years from now, that the tr- that the future can be better and different than what it is now, especially if you're if you're discouraged. That's the hope, the optimism that that tomorrow can be a better day than than today. And I think that that's one of the reasons why we we love doing the show is to bring people on to talk about trials and tribulations that they've been through, to share examples of that with others. And so in in your life, you know, personally, where have you seen hope show up and what have you seen hope do for somebody? Oh, my goodness. Um, in my life, um, I, I'm going back to when I was an elementary principal, um, dealing with cases of neglect or abuse. When you can sit down with a child and explain to them that uh, a parent truly loves them, but right now they need some help to get through life because 
circumstances or so that they're maybe taking their frustration out on the child and you let the child know that uh, you're not going to forsake them and you're trying to find a better space for them to grow up in, especially if they have to be taken from the home and letting them know that, you know, when mom or dad gets better, that maybe you guys will be reunited, that hope for that child is you don't have to give up, but it's not your fault that um, the love that God has for them is still there. But until mom and dad gets some help, um, then you can realize that, you know, someone else can love you equally as well. I mean, that, might, that, that had to have been, I was just going to say, that had to have been heartbreaking for you. I mean, to sit alongside like... You know, a child that you know is either being abused or that has some difficulties at home, just has a horrible home life, and, and just to to not be able to do more, but yet try to come alongside them with words of encouragement and perspective shift and change. And, you know, that, that had to have been a very difficult thing for you to weather yourself. It, it, emotionally and physically, you carry that burden with you, but... You continue to rely on, you know, this is why God has me here for right now, to help this child see a better future. And um, it is very emotionally taxing, but, you know, you got to take it on. If you're going to do a job, you might as well do it well and, and put your whole heart into it or not do it at all. And that's always been my philosophy. And I think that's something from that stems back to my parents that, you know, Whatever you have to do, you do it well. And um, just don't half do it. Just let people know you love them and you're here to support them. And and basically, we're all a servant. And so if we take that servant attitude and do what we know that will prosper someone else, we're blessing ourselves, too. Yes. You know, Jen and I, Jen and I realized that uh, with the with the podcast, we, we just come alongside others. You know, we did so from an altruistic uh, motive. You know, we don't get paid for this. We don't mm-hmm. have any revenue stream mm-hmm. or anything like that for this. But yet we mm-hmm. wanted to come alongside other people. Well, we were just, you know, talking amongst ourselves over our little uh, vacation that we had together. And and I, I just made the kind of the conclusion or came to the the realization that I feel like God put us in the situation for two benefits. Number one, to, to help encourage others, but yet Jen and I felt like we were the ones that were being the most mm-hmm. encouraged because we had a front row seat to a hundred conversations of hope. And yet we did so under the premise of helping others yet we're the ones that probably have gained the biggest benefit out of it because of witnessing and, and, and listening and talking to some incredible people, much like yourself. And so I, I yeah. see that. I, I see how coming alongside others can be very, very mm-hmm. um, soothing and mm-hmm. cathartic to yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think in every job I've ever had, that's the way I walk away feeling. And you do the best you can while you're there and leave a little hope for someone else, you know? Yeah, I agree. And so right now, I mean, in the midst of COVID, I mean, have you seen an increase in 
people wanting to talk with you? Because I, I imagine that the that the challenges that pastors and ministers, et cetera, are facing are, are numerous. Number one, you know, during the initial lockdowns, I mean, people couldn't even go to church. And so I, I imagine that they were stressed, revenues falling, you know, people can't necessarily give, or if people aren't there, they're probably less likely to give. And yet now the physical challenges, the job losses, you know, unemployment, et cetera. I mean, there's no shortage of things to worry about or be concerned about. So I'd imagine that that's really affected um, many different, you know, churches and organizations of faith, et cetera. And so, you know, how are you dealing with that? Have you seen an increase um, in stress, anxiety with some of the people that you work with, you know? Yeah, a lot of stress and anxiety. And believe it or not, a lot of the ministers that I've talked to, uh, you know, they've uh, re- redid their, their online services and doing live streaming and things like that to keep connection with the uh, community. And I think that is really going well. And even I heard of several of the ministers says that people have been mailing in their tithes and offerings. So they really haven't, you know, fall short as far as the offering is concerned. And um, believe it or not, uh, several of the churches have started phone banks. Uh, where they're calling uh, their congregation, especially the elderly, just to uh, stay connected with them once a week, uh, and then having prayer services where they can call in a certain day to have prayer or to call a member if you just want individual prayer. So all those, you know, they're just rethinking how they're operating. And uh, anyone, you know, they're always posting on their websites and things like that uh, for people to call uh, if you need extra help or services. And I've seen a lot of anxiety and depression, but, you know, they're able to, you know, if we're not able to meet in person, they can call via phone and we have prayer over the phone and have a nice conversation over the phone um, and through Zoom. Also, you know, texting and emails really don't get it, but the phone calls have really been very helpful for me. Uh, and so I have my little list, and I'll have the pastors call me with the certain people that they want me to talk to, and I will call them and maybe spend sometimes 30, 40, 45 minutes on the phone just in prayer or in conversation to help them get through whatever they're going through. So there are ways around it. Uh, it's, you know, most of the churches just put out a little extra effort to make sure they stay in touch with all of their membership. So let's uh, let's pivot a little bit. Let's imagine that somebody right now that is listening, since you're you know a mental health counselor, let's imagine somebody's feeling ang- anxious. They're feeling that anxiety. They're feeling that worry. They're feeling the stress of the uncertainty. It's just you know there's been no shortage of challenges uh, in in 2020 this year. And so, what are some steps that somebody can take to maybe help reduce some of that? anxiousness and that anxiety that they're feeling and and move more toward the idea of hope and or a brighter future. So, you know, hoping to condense it down into maybe three or four nuggets of hope that we can extract okay. out of our conversation and, and maybe help somebody that's listening. Okay. Uh, if someone is really anxious, I would probably start off by teaching them some breathing techniques. Uh, just monitoring your breathing and uh, being aware of your breath because 
you know, God created this beautiful body of ours with all the mechanisms we have to self-heal ourselves. Now we need to learn how to use those tools to help us heal. And breathing is one of those things that is so easy for us to do to calm down if we're upset, if we're anxious, if we're nervous about something. And that's tapping into that parasympathetic uh, system. For example, um, a good breathing technique would be uh, breathe in four, hold it for seven, and then breathe out eight. And that will help calm your body down and get you back into a rhythm where your heart is not racing and where you can think. Getting more oxygen into your body uh, is one of the main things to help uh, calm ourselves. I would also recommend meditation. Uh, There are so many free things online um, that you can look up about meditation and prayer. Uh, Prayer is one of those things. How much sleep are you getting? That is a key. Our body needs to regenerate itself each and every night. Exercising, even if we can walk around our block or just walk at home or do some jumping jacks or something to get ourselves going, taking a nice long bath. Uh, is one reading. Now you're speaking uh, my language. Jen, Jen just Jen just started pointing <laughs> at me. She's seeing in our household. I'm the bath guy. You know, Jen, Jen, Jen don't oh. Jen don't take the bath. So she she looks at me. But the whole time you're talking, you started off with breathing, and I look over at Jen, and she's got her eyes closed, and she's <laughs> taking a long breath in and letting it out. Yeah. How do you feel better yeah, now? I feel better. Do you do you feel you know yes. less anxious? Yes, I do actually. It, it felt great. <laughs> I wish I could like slow my breathing down like that. You what do you mean? Just like yeah. on a normal day, normal time, oh. like, you know, because usually you don't just stop and just focus on your breath. Yeah, but I think that's such a key. Breathing is one of those things that we take for granted. Mm-hmm. And and we have to stop doing just the chest breathing and do the diaphragm breathing. Just take nice, long, deep breath yes. and just blow it out. And just think about how amazing our whole body system is. Mm -hmm. And for anxiety, that is one of the first things I start with breathing and learning how to slow your body down and just be thankful. Yeah. It was good. I liked it. I'm glad you didn't fall asleep. I I did have my eyes closed and I was like, oh, I probably could fall asleep right now. (laughs) No, I look over at her. She's got her eyes closed. She's sitting up and she's breathing. She she was listening to everything you were saying. I I am a rule follower. So you you mentioned the breathing. So I was just going to follow along with you. Well, she mentioned prayer, sleep, and exercise too. I was still breathing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, she... She's sitting there still still breathing. <laughs> I, I probably won't take a bath because I don't have that kind of patience to sit still that long, but <laughs> we'll, we'll let yeah. Sean do well, that. Some, you know, yeah, that's why I, I throw out a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not the bath person, but you're the meditation person or yes. maybe you're the exercise person or the nature walk person. Yes. But there are a lot of things that we can do to help, help heal, uh, heal ourselves. Yeah, I think I think the walking part or getting outside is mm-hmm. is so, so underrated. You know, mm-hmm. I think that when you're when you're feeling overwhelmed, when you're feeling anxious, if you can get outside, especially into any hint of nature, you know, with birds chirping, with squirrels running, yeah. with the leaves blowing, with the sun shining, yeah. 
you know, I, there, there's just something that happens when you're outside that helps to kind of ground you, adjust you, and, and helps to, I, I think, wash over some of that anxiety, some of that fear or worry and, and lessen it to some degree. There's mm-hmm. something cathartic about being in nature. And so, you know, Jen and I know that we we're on a, I don't how many days are we on like like 1620 okay so like we we've been on a run walk jog 1 mile a day every day streak for over 1600 days so we've been doing it for four and a half years and um you know it's been really really helpful especially during this uh crazy time of of covid in in 2020 it's been helpful to get outside and and breathe that fresh air and and you know when you're outside, it just it just grounds you. It, it just soothes you for you know we we live in the mm-hmm. mountains of northern California. We live in uh, gold country, so there there's just a lot to see. We got pine trees, lots of smells, lots of critters. So it's been good. That is awesome. Another thing I would also do is I try to engage all five senses. Mm-hmm. How we sometimes underestimate our senses. And by engaging all five senses, you'd be surprised how you just come alive. And I'll give uh, Jen. Uh, you like chocolate? I do love chocolate. <laughs> I was gonna. Okay. You had you had her at all five senses because it, it, as soon as you said that, I'm like, okay, Tay, she's a total foodie. So I'm like, she she's now got permission. <laughs> she she gonna she gonna she just got some permission from Hazel to be eaten. Eating some chocolate. Yes. Well, you know, I like. Uh, for example, like the little Hershey Kisses that are out right now, uh, just taking them and engage all five senses with them. Like, first of all, just fill the wrapper, and then you open it, and then you smell it, and you just smell it and just inhale and see what those senses are telling you before you put it in your mouth to taste it. And then just touch it and just savor it, and then just I have to exercise patience first for that. She's, she's, I, I think she's drooling. I, I, I think I think she's drooling over there. I, yeah, I don't have I don't have a whole lot of patience. I, I'm what do you call it? Get to the quick. Yeah. Engaging all their five senses with food, and uh, before you, if you can hold, have them hold on it for a while to have them describe it and things like that it's, it's a great exercise maybe i would eat less chocolate if i actually did that you know <laughs> this you could so? be good this could be good this is great information see jen jen okay. engages all of her senses you know every single one and then she she videos it like you know on her instagram account okay. she's got yeah. food making she, she just made some chocolate peanut butter yeah protein something or other balls and you know Reese's is, Reese's is my favorite mm-hmm. candy of all oh. you know it's the chocolate peanut butter there's there's no better combination in yeah. the world and so she just made a protein version of a Reese's Reese's it's, chocolate it's just to make you feel less guilty when you eat it <laughs> <laughs> so you're, yeah, so you're not going oh no I, I just ate too much chocolate yeah so good mm-hmm. yeah yeah, so just just some of the things that I would do during this COVID time. Yeah. No, I think I think that's uh, I think that's great, and and I think it's you know when it comes to kind of 
fostering hope in people, I think that it's really important to to just remind everybody that this is just but a season. You know, I think it's important yeah. that people recognize that they've been through trials and tribulations in their life. Um, they've survived all of their worst bad days thus far. And this, too, is but another trial or tribulation. And um, I think, you know, keeping that perspective that, you know, the seasons of both good and bad, they're just that. They're seasons. They don't go on forever. Yeah. You know, I tell my clients all the time that there are many things that we can't control, but we can control our response to them. Yes, absolutely. I agree with that. And I, and I think that that's that mind shift, that focus shift, you know, like, yes, this is, Mm -hmm. this is a challenge, but you know, I, I think Hazel that, that, you know, there's a reason behind it. I was listening to a Joel Osteen uh, podcast and he, and he talked about, you know, this, this time and, and, you know, he he talks about, you know, God kind of shaking things up and getting people out of their comfort Mm -hmm. zone that you cannot Mm -hmm. grow. You cannot Mm -hmm. evolve without some change, without some adversity, without some, you know, like if everything stays the same, nothing changes. You know, it, it's only when wow. stuff gets unsettled that you realize, oh, I guess I am that strong. Or maybe when you get unsettled, you know, I, th- I think about the business community and I think about a, you know, a restaurateur or, or a gym owner or whatever that's just hemorrhaging right now because of what's going on. Well, wow. maybe God is calling them to a different purpose in their life. Maybe, maybe wow. through this whole process, they'll find what they're being led to, what they were put on this mm-hmm. planet to do. And maybe it wasn't that. You know, maybe, maybe it's a direction shift. And I think that there's always a a silver lining, but, you know, it can be very difficult if people have not been through, you know, significant adversity in their life before. Right. I agree. I agree. And, you know, this is definitely going to cause a paradigm shift and a lot of thinking, not only in our restaurants, but just basically how we deal with each other on a daily basis. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And so in terms of your own life, um, Hazel, like how have you managed to navigate significant adversity in your life? How did how did you weather those storms in your own life? You know, uh, it is so crazy because the storms that come in my life have come at a time when I look at it and I say, Lord, what do you want me to learn from this? Why am I going through this at this particular time? You know, I've had a couple of cancer scares, but through it all, I find myself when I'm going to the doctor and talking to different people in the waiting rooms at other times, I end up talking to other people, trying to encourage them. And I'm thinking, I'm in here for the same reason, but I'm over here (laughs) saying something positive to these people. What is going on? Lord, is this why you put me here for this particular time? I could be an example of how I should be acting. And yes, when you get discouraged and get down, he always throws me back to the scripture and lets me know that, you know, he's he's there for me. He, He has a plan for me. I can stand on him and and don't worry. And that's what gets me through every time I have a an adversity in my life or an illness or something that's going crazy. I always go back to the scriptures. And there is something there to give me strength to walk on another day. 
And that one in Psalms that says, uh, I think it's Psalms 33, that says, we wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. And that's what keeps me moving forward. And of course, my favorite one, of course, is Jeremiah 29 and 11, where he says, I know the plan I have for you. And and how he ends it with hope. <laughs> yeah. So, Plans to prosper you and increase you. And... That's right. That's right. Well, so I think I think you I, I think you've got another advantage too in that you've got your father. I mean, who's 103. I mean, like with the perspective of of his life. I mean, you experience some adversity, you, you, you know, a guy that's 103 is probably got a few things to say about uh life paths and seasons and trials and tribulations, etc., right? Yeah, and my dad basically will always tell us to walk that thing. You know, it's like uh, I heard someone says God's plan for us is like finding a a blank contract that's nothing on it. We just walk by faith, knowing that he's going to fill in the gap. And that's where we are. You know, we're all walking by faith. We don't know where God is taking us, but we know if he's taking us, we're going to be okay. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> this is this is true. I love that. You know, I, I just got this itch. I, I just think that he would be a uh, phenomenal person to, to talk to. I'm like, I have so many questions. You know, what, 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 you know, for somebody that was born at, five years after the first plane flew in in the country, and okay. here we are talking about going to Mars and going back mm-hmm. to the moon and all mm-hmm. that stuff. So talking to him about you, you know technology, talking to him about humanity, talking to him about faith, talking mm-hmm. to him about you know race and and the and, you know, kind of the civil unrest that's going on right now. Like, so, I mean, do you, how often do you just, you know, sit alongside dad and have a chat about faith and hope and the world and people and all that good stuff? Uh, a lot. We talk uh, a lot. He is, um, he just says, you know, it's just like um, things are repeating itself when he was young. Um, the race racial tension and things like that, you know, but he always come out at very optimistic. He's a very positive person, you know, like God has a purpose in this. We don't know what it is, but you know, only he knows in time we will know and just keep walking by faith. You know, that's, that's his whole philosophy. Just walk by faith. God will take care of it. That's it. That's it. He always says, and this too shall pass. (laughs) (laughs) That's that. That goes back to that. You know, it's just but a season. This too shall pass. It's not going to go on forever. It's just uh, just a temporary moment in in time. You know, that's both encouraging and, you know, when you're having a great season, you got to remember that it's not going to last forever. And then when you have a horrible season, you got to remember, you know, it's not going to last forever. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Well, Absolutely. I will, I will say that, you know, I, I think that you need kudos and praise too, because, you know, we had a chance to interview your son and I got to say one of the, you know, phenomenal, phenomenal human beings out there, just a great guy, very encouraging. You did a good job yes. raising that one. You well, must be a very proud you. mama. John Sachs was, was on our, uh, on our program and he's how we came into contact with you, but just a phenomenal young man. So, you know, how, how did, yes. how did you raise such an incredible young man? Jonathan he is, he is really an awesome kid. He, um, he has always known, uh, you know, of course he plays the saxophone and he's always wanted to play the saxophone since third grade. Mm-hmm. 
And with that, I, you know, at the time I said, Jonathan, I said, you know, I don't, you know, it was during those, those years where the kids had to pick an instrument in school and learn how to play it. And he wanted to play the saxophone and there was no saxophone to be found anywhere around Cincinnati. So we had to go all the way to Dayton to, to rent a saxophone for him to learn how to play. And so I told him then, I said, okay, if I give you the saxophone, you're going to play it until you get out of high school. He says, oh, I said, yep. I said, I'm not wasting my money for you to take lessons for one year and then you give it up. And so he stuck with it and he was determined he was going to learn how to play. And he did. And we're really proud of him that he stuck with his passion. But actually, Jonathan went to school to be an engineer. And he graduated uh, with a degree in engineering. And playing the saxophone was his sidekick. And then after he, uh, uh, they sent him to Miami, Florida, uh, and uh, Johnson & Johnson that he was working for kind of dismissed him, he picked up the saxophone again, and God has just really blessed him to take that to a different level. Uh, and now with COVID hitting, I don't know if it's going to be the same, but whatever God has for him, I know he'll be prepared for <laughs> That's a great way to live life. What, whatever is going to be mm-hmm. will be. You just got to have that faith. Mm-hmm. Going back to your dad, you just got to have the faith. God has a plan. Mm-hmm. We may not know it now, but in due time, we will understand it. We will see it. And I think that's the exactly. beauty of, of having a faithful life is you, you look back over your life and you see the beautiful symphony the orchestra the 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 melody that he's woven into your life and you see the points where he really you know caused that shift that that transitional shift one direction or another direction or whatever and i think that's the that's uh it's very encouraging it's yeah. very hope filling mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah. like yes. you look back over your life and you know you go whoa mm-hmm. like that i he showed up there i didn't see it at the time <laughs> but that was totally him showing up in <laughs> yep. that moment and sometimes it's in that adversity you know it's it's what we think is a is a setback mm-hmm. is actually a set up mm-hmm. for your future life a mm-hmm. set up for your benefit you don't see right. it you know it's 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 hard for you to see that that's actually uh something that's that's happening for your favor for mm-hmm. your benefit you know, isn't that an awesome statement to make, though, to be able to look back over your life and see how God has brought you every step of the way, even, like you said, doing the diversity that, that comes up and the good times and the bad times and still say, what an awesome God we serve because he has brought me through it all. I'm still smiling and still thankful and knowing that we serve an awesome God. Yes. Amen. Amen, amen yeah. to that, Jen and I both. Amen to that. Amen. Well, that's 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 a good message right there. We we agree. Yes. I hear it. I receive it. Uh-huh. So you talked to, you talked about a 30-day challenge. So tell us a little bit about oh, this 30-day yeah. challenge. I have a 30-day challenge and I have some gifts again too. <laughs> yes. um, the 30-day challenge is I would like for all of your listeners to do a 30-day gratefulness and an appreciation where they send a note to someone in their past, a phone call, email, Facebook, FaceTime, text, something to say, I appreciate you. I love you. Even, you know, we can't see each other's faces, smiles nowadays because of the mask. 
but just doing the little heart signs when you walk past someone uh, to let them know that you love them. Let's throw a little positivity yes. back in the world and gratefulness and thank you and I appreciate you. You know, someone this day and time might be willing to say, you know what, I got a note from Jen that said, I was thinking about you, I loved you, or a text or something. I think if we spread that out, it'll mushroom and continue to grow because right now I think we need some positivity and some gratefulness and you can't be mad and be positive at the same time. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think you can be worried or anxious and be grateful. I think that that's what's so incredible about practicing gratitude. And, you know, we've had, uh, we've had several people on that have been just great advocates of gratitude. We had a young man, that is doing gratitude journals uh, in schools. And so he's trying to teach young people Mm -hmm. about being uh, grateful and starting their day being grateful. Mm -hmm. And he actually dropped gratitude journals in uh, over 200 coffee shops throughout the country and had people anonymously write what they're grateful for. And he's actually creating a book out of that. And I thought that was an incredible idea. But um, I had another guy come on the the podcast, one of the first guys that had talked about gratitude. And I just wanted to share this with you because I think it it goes along with what you're saying. And I I believe it 100%. He wanted me to write um he gave us you know six or seven different categories of of which we could respond in terms of gratitude and he said you could write to somebody and so i chose to write to god and so this is what i said i said um dear god thank you so much for the adversity in my life both past and present adversity is a pivotal teacher of so many wonderful human attributes adversity teaches us about the human capacity for strength and perseverance Adversity teaches us about courage and our heart's capacity to overcome our fears and anxiety to rise higher. Adversity can teach us about humility and ground us in the present moment. Adversity is the seasoning that gives victory such a sweet taste. Adversity is the spark or catalyst for character development. Last but certainly not least, adversity creates the opportunity to draw very close to you, Father God. I have never felt closer to you or as held by you than when I face adversity that I cannot see how to overcome. Adversity strengthens our faith in you and reminds us that we can do all things through you. I'm so grateful and appreciative of all that you, I have gained through the challenges and adversity that you have allowed in my life. Gratefully yours, Sean Davis. Oh, I love that. Amen. Yes. Amen to that. That was good. That was good, right? Yeah. I I mean, that's a great. Well, thank you. That's just a great thing, I think, to to camp on. You know, like sometimes what you think is a problem or a setback is actually a set up for you to rise higher. And I think if you take that perspective that this isn't happening to me, but instead it's happening for me, then that's a major, major shift in, in your paradigm and your perspective. You know, then one says I'm at a disadvantage. The other one says I'm going to be at an advantage that this is going to be for my benefit. And I think if you keep that mindset, then, uh, it really, really helps to, to foster, you know, hope, hope, hope. Yeah. And we need to spread that as much as Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree with that. So uh, let's, and speaking of hope, let's get to some funnies. You said you had some jokes, so I want I want to hear what these oh, jokes are. Yes. yes, especially for Jen, because <laughs> I know she's a good What do birds give out on Halloween? Oh, man. What do birds give out on Halloween? Um, Sweet. 
<laughs> That's cute. That is awesome. I love that one. I have to write that one down. Yes. That one's really yes. cute. And uh, what does one volcano say to the other? I don't know what. I love you. Oh, I'm going to go home and say that to my kids. Oh, I love yes. that. No, I love that. That is so cute. Thank you for sharing those. I love them. I have one more for you. Okay, let's do it. What does a cloud wear under his raincoat? What does a cloud wear under mm. his raincoat? I don't know. Thunderwear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is I the best. <laughs> that is awesome. Those are great jokes. Those I had not great. heard either of or any of any them. Any of them. Yeah, yeah, they're so good. Thank you so much. You made me laugh. Oh, you, you are welcome. I, I heard some of the past ones and I know you're always into the jokes. So I had to hear those yeah. I love jokes. Working around laugh. Yeah, working around kids, sometimes you have to write down things that they say. Yes. Oh, oh yes. so cute. I love them. Thanks for sharing them. Well, Hazel, I just got to oh, say, no we have had just the best time. You've been such an awesome person to talk with. You are an awesome hope dealer, and we appreciate what you're doing, spreading the message of hope to uh, pastors and ministers throughout the country. And so if people wanted to connect with you, you are at True Hope Counseling, and I'm assuming that you can be found it's on both Facebook.net. Okay, so TrueHopeCounseling.net. Yes, and uh, I have a Facebook page, so they can go there and look me up and send me a message. But I want to thank you guys for the Hope Radio podcast that you're doing. You're awesome. Continue the good work. Continue to spread words of hope. And I love it because you guys are doing it as a couple, mm -hmm. which is giving other people hope. Mm -hmm. And I love it. So thank you so very much. And God bless you in your journey and in your ministry. Oh, thank, thank you, you so much. That was, that was awesome. Yeah. Very, very, very kind of you. And we appreciated your time today. And uh, thank you very much for all that you brought to our Hope Radio podcast today. Okay. Take care. And don't forget, we're doing gratitude. I have it down. 30 I, days. I accept the challenge. Let's do it. All right. 30 <laughs> days. And I'm going to be throwing it out as much as possible. Me too. Thank you. Okay. Lava you guys. Lava you right back. <laughs> Lava you too. All right, Jen, that was fun. What did you think about our interview with Hazel? I love her. I love her name. Yes. Hazel, I love that name. I love that she told me jokes. I know. She had great jokes. I love that her <sighs> dad is still around at 103. I know. Like, I wish I had a family member that was over 100 that I mm -hmm. could go to for wisdom, for insight, for, you know, just a better understanding of the mm -hmm. world. When you've been around for a hundred plus years, imagine what you've seen. Yes. Or even your kids. Like, I think that'd be really cool for the boys to yeah. have a grandparent that old where they could really pick their brain. I know. Mm -hmm. I, I think that that's, uh, I, th I think every family should have a, well, it's not an octogenarian, it's <laughs> a septuagenarian. What do they call somebody over a hundred? Um, Is it a old? <laughs> wise <laughs> this is true you know i, th I think uh y yeah you get over 100 you're you're not in your uh, prime anymore but you you know that's awesome I, yeah. I just think that they're 
I think that those are people like that are the mm-hmm. valuable component of our society. Like because we need if you them listen, around. Yeah, if you listen to them, wisdom. But anyway, uh, with regard to Hazel, just a fascinating conversation. I love that she's coming alongside. What was that? It scared me. There's a monster in here. Did you hear it? Yes. It scared me. It was my foot. Oh. It was my foot rubbing against the chair. I something was running underneath the table. <laughs> the look on Jen's face. You should have just seen it. You look. You looked fearful and startled. I was about ready to just jump on top of the table. I couldn't hear it accurately with my headphones in, so I was I was wondering if, if you thought it was something else. Like it, I, did. I didn't. I didn't know how it sounded. I don't know. It was like a monster. <laughs> I didn't like it. A monster growling? I didn't like it. Or was it like a dog tooting? No, I don't know. <laughs> I, did, I didn't want to hear it ever again. All right, let's. Uh, it was just simply my foot. So I don't let, let's hear just, it ever let's, again. Let's just make sure that's clear <laughs> for our listeners right now. Um, anyway, so you, uh, great conversation, right? <laughs> yes, and I love that she challenged us for that thirty day challenge, the uh, gratitude, gratefulness, and appreciation challenge. So yes, sending a note to somebody, being grateful. Yes. you know, uh, I starting love your doing day. that stuff. And you know what I really want to do? I wish I had everyone's addresses without having to ask for an address because I would love to send mail. Yeah. I love mail. You'd be you'd do good at that. I know. So I should expect a note soon? Not for you. Why not me? I will just tell you. Why aren't you grateful for me? Because stamps are they cost money. So you're not gonna send me a note? No, I'm going to I'm going to yeah, I'll, I'll send you a note, but I'll put it under your pillow. <laughs> I'll put it in your stocking. So instead of being the tooth fairy, you're going to be the wife. Uh, Appreciation, gratefulness fairy. Yeah, I yes. like that. Okay. Ready. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do it for all the boys. That would be good. They would be like, what is wrong with mom? See, look at this. One idea is mm-hmm. now sparked into multiple different versions of I it. I know. That's I awesome. love it. I love it. I love it too. Good stuff. So if people want to hear more of our podcast and connect with us, how do they do so, Jen? Well, they can connect with us on Hope Radio Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Okay, send us a message. Maybe you got somebody that's uh, you know of that's got a story of hope to share. We've been starting to uh, get messages of people who actually want to share their story. So I know if you want to share your story, just reach out. It's happening. There's some momentum. Some great people reaching out too. Yes, some 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 sparkle dust god sparkle dust i love it on it i love it all right and uh so they reach out that way and we've got more stories of hope to share we've got another episode another interview that we're going to do tomorrow you ready i am so ready all right let's do it okay